0: Welcome to the film room. This is a bit of a more form than usual.
1: Yeah, you're, you're kind of getting a couple of weeks of that. Uh, blame the March lulls. Um, today we're going to be kind of continuing a little bit in the same era really of uh, films because uh, the one that we're covering next only came out two years after uh, Lost in Translation. And there's a little bit of similarities in the vague sense that they both take place roughly within Asia. And that's about it. Today we're going to be discussing Stephen Chow's Kung Fu Hustle. And uh, I want to start this cast by pointing out that when we do the schedules, we're kind of going with what films do we want to talk about and what can we do to get a diverse set of films for y'all to listen to. So, okay, last week we did a fairly sober, um, subdued film. This week we're doing a live action Looney Tunes movie, more or less. (laughs) We're... We, we, we don't try to hit a hot-button issue. Sometimes, though, the schedule just kind of falls as it does, and we find ourselves doing one anyway, and that's kind of the situation that we're in right now with this film, because it would be very hard to discuss this film without discussing the controversy over Chow's latest film, uh, The Mermaid, which has earned tremendous reviews overseas, has earned great audience word-of-mouth uh it's it's making money hand over fist in China. It's uh, just... I think it's, it's setting records, I know. It's supposed to be a great film. And in America, you're probably going to be very lucky to see it. It's getting a very limited release.
0: Um, yeah, I think I saw something on that. I didn't know that was him.
1: Yeah. Uh, now, one of our listeners has seen it. Uh, I, I saw Sheila... I saw you given your thoughts on it and made it sound very appealing. Uh, this is a movie that... Uh, I have not seen, so I can't give my opinions on it. But by all accounts, it's apparently a very crowd-pleasing film. It's apparently quite entertaining. And the studio is sitting on giving a wide release to it because they think it's only going to appeal to Asian audiences.
0: Uh, Let me guess, because of the subtitles?
1: You know, probably. Uh. Uh, Probably. Uh, So... By sheer coincidence, we're going to be covering what happened when one of Chow's films did get a wide release. And the answer, to be perfectly honest, is, well, it didn't set the box office on fire. Although it was a huge hit overseas. But it has had nice legs. It has been a nice cult film on video. It it did very, very, very well on video. And it's one that I I think a healthy amount of the listeners have heard. Um, As I said, this was a film that I will give Sony a lot of credit back in 2005. They did give this a wide release and actually not too long after the film was released in Asia. Um, uh, one of the all time great fumbles that the uh, Weinstein come, uh, that the Weinstein brothers did with uh, hero was they released it about two years after it was released overseas. Kung Fu Hustle actually came out about a month after uh, it was released overseas. So I, which I think is pretty good. I think that's pretty fair. Hot Fuzz had a longer gap between American and UK release.
0: Yeah, which, that one I was waiting for, so that one really bugged me.
1: Yeah, that one really should have been day and date international. I There's so much about how the release of Edgar Wright's films have been handled in America that, you know what, I'm actually going to be getting into that as we're doing this discussion because, seriously... Those movies have been fumbled continuously in their release. Um, Shaun of the Dead was fumb- – Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, both got extremely small releases compared to what they are. Like they both they both got like under 1,000 screen releases. Ugh. And yet these are movies that are such crowd-pleasing films. I've never thrown them on and had them not be movies that everybody in the room was just eating up. They're movies that are honestly probably better known than the comedies that got 2,000 screen releases of their years. hmm <clears throat> Really. Oh, and by the way, keep in mind, we speak the same language as the characters in uh, those films. So there really was no reason for those films to have gotten the releases they di- they got.
0: No. Yeah, we speak the same language, and the cultural differences really aren't all that different.
1: <laughs> no. In fact... Hot Fuzz is explicitly a comedy mocking the differences in the culture.
0: Yeah, exactly. Between, yeah, the discrepancy between uh, American action films and British action films.
1: By the way, I love the fact that all of these movies that I'm complaining didn't get enough of a release, with the exception of The Mermaid, which of course is not playing anywhere near me. I've seen all of these films in theaters, so I'm not a hypocrite. I'm not a hypocrite at all. I have... Hero, saw it in theaters, and I've already told the story. Um, Hot Fuzz, uh, the story about seeing Hot Fuzz is I'm Afraid in my book, and it's not a very flattering one. Uh, Shaun of the Dead, definitely saw that one in theaters. Uh, saw the World's End in theaters, too, of course. How else could we have gotten that mini sewed? Oh, yeah. Uh, so so seriously, America, can we really and truly, like, can we, can we start opening up on this? Um,
0: yeah, no kidding. I... Okay, I, um, for Spanish class, uh, in college, for extra credit, we had to go to Pan's Labyrinth, because that was, that was playing at the time. So, I went, and once it started, and once the subtitles started going, like, half the audience went, aww, I just wanted to turn around and say, fuck you, just watch the fucking movie, you'll be fine. That's that
1: really stinks because that's one of the best films of that decade. It I is. Mean, I have such love for Guillermo del Toro's films, y'all. Crimson Peak is on DVD now, and by the time that you're hearing this, it'll be on Redbox. Please watch it. Nice. Come on, come on, get on it, watch it. You're you're gonna regret not having seen it in theaters. I don't, because I did see it in theaters. Um, You know, and I certainly saw uh, Pan's Labyrinth uh, at the uh, rave. I I saw that one Uh, there. When I saw it, there was a guy that in the theater that took a cell phone call. (sighs) I was like, yeah, I've been waiting to see this movie. I want to turn around to him and go. So why don't you watch it, idiot?
0: Exactly. God.
1: Yeah. For the record, I've seen a number of uh, uh, foreign films in theaters, uh, ranging from the, the triplets of Belleville, which is actually a silent film. I saw the original girl with the dragon tattoo in theaters, and uh, I've never felt any need to watch... I'm. It's probably going to make me a bad cinephile. I've never felt the need to watch the David Fincher version, because it's like, I've already seen this movie.
0: Yeah, and I have seen the David Fincher version, and I haven't seen the, the original, but yeah, it's probably similar enough to where you can skip it.
1: I, I think it's probably one of those things where if you see one or you see the other, you see a damn good film. yeah. You just don't need to see. Yeah, you just don't need to see both. Um,
0: it's, yeah, especially since that's probably one that it's a great movie. I'm probably never going to watch it again.
1: <laughs> I've actually seen it. twice I've actually seen the Swedish version twice, and it's not a fun watch. Repeatedly, but it yeah. is a good film. Um, uh, you know, let's see. Uh, I saw a Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon in theaters, Same. and didn't didn't particularly care for it, to be honest. I'm really. Yeah, and and, and I'll tell you why. It's just a little too slow. It's just a little too dry. That's fair. Uh, Although it also hurts that I watched it on an absolutely pathetic print. Uh, One of the most embarrassing prints I've ever seen for a movie in a theater. Um, That theater is now long gone so I can't really chew them out too hard but it was pretty bad. That was actually the first one I ever saw in a theater.
0: What was wrong with the print?
1: It was terribly beat up it was very fuzzy mm. uh it was not the sound was out of was not very good it was a little bit out of sync Aww. it was very horribly this was a bad print we it's a good movie i mean, i think it's a good movie i don't know it might be a good movie i have some problems with it too on like a pacing level yeah it's like i kind of wanted to scream at the character show some damn emotion and no, for the record, I've not watched the Netflix sequel. I've heard it's not any good, so not bothering.
0: Yeah, I've, I was going to mention that. And I, th- From the promo, it looks like it's in English, too.
1: It is in English. Ah, uh, Don't need no. that. We're, we're getting a lot of stuff out of the way so that we don't have to cover it and so that we can actually cover this film. Uh, I I did see House of Flying Daggers, which is awesome and really deserves to me, that's the movie that Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon should have been. It Has a lot of things in common with it. Actually, it's a gorgeous-looking film. It is a, tr- it's a great story. It's suspenseful. It's the fights are gorgeous. That's also by uh, Zhang Yimou who did uh, Hero. That's one that I hear people talking about Hero. They don't bring that one up, and they really need to because that's a that's a really good film, and uh, that's one that actually played in Conway. Believe it or not. Yeah, yeah, and it played in Conway, subtitled So, yeah, that, that's a good one That's that's a, that's a real good one That's one I do recommend And I really wish more people were talking about it uh, It's a gorgeous film
0: One film that like, gets a special mention It's not a foreign film uh, But it's Quentin Tarantino's Inglourious Bastards Because yeah, um, on its release I remember noting that uh, Like, something like I don't know a good two fifths or maybe maybe even half of the film is subtitled and nobody complained.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's kinda nice. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean nobody complained just because it's you know it's so captivating. It's it's one of those things that's what I bring up every time I every time I root for subtitles because it's like, see, you can you can it does not detract from enjoyment of watching the movie.
1: Well in that case, one of the brilliant things about it was that Tarantino deliberately wanted his actors to be speaking in their native languages. Yes. So as a result, you've got uh, Walt speaking uh, German, and uh, Diane Kruger doing the same, and then uh, Melanie Laurent speaking uh, French. It it benefits the movie. Tarantino was actually trying deliberately to get away from the trope of everybody speaks English with that movie, and I appreciated it. Um of course, if we're going to talk about um, Westerners making films in other languages, um, we got to bring up Clint Eastwood and his brilliant *Letters from Iwo Jima*. Yeah, which is a great film. Um, that's, that's that's a that's a thundering piece of work, um, and one that I do recommend if you haven't seen it. So, I mean, you've got that. Of course, we could make a reference to *The Passion of the Christ*, but I, I think it would behoove us to stay away from uh, Christian discussion for a while
0: yeah <laughs> we've covered it
1: we've covered we've covered that film, so I mean that's the point is that when you really stop and think about it, we've had ample opportunities, and that's not even getting into the films that I've watched on video that are subtitled that are are good I mean <sighs> subtitles should not be your enemy. they should not be something that people are this afraid of and but you know here's the thing we're Americans, we're so dim that we require remakes of British shows. <laughs> Which, okay, going to get the hypocrisy out of the way. The Office is one of my favorite shows of all time. But to me, that's a case where they took the original concept and did something different and unique with it. So I'm going to give that one a little bit of a... But we have this tendency in America. Uh, right now I'm watching Broadchurch, mm-hmm. which is brilliant. Um, it was remade in America recently.
0: Really? Yeah, uh... it was
1: given a one-season remake in America. Yeah, that was necessary, wasn't it?
0: Oh my god.
1: Yeah. Uh the IT crowd was almost given the same treatment. No. Um, oh god, no. That would not have worked at all. Relax. Um it would have been a bad idea with Joel McHale going in to do the Chris O'Dowd part. Ooh. But at least they were smart enough to know that um I'm not even gonna try to pronounce his last name. Mm-hmm. Let's just say that Moss was irreplaceable, so it would have been Oh, R- Richard yeah. Are
0: you? Ready? Yeah. Yeah
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even, I wasn't even gonna try. He was going to come over. We don't need these, is my point. Um, Doctor Who, mm. we, we can never forget there has been the perpetual threat of a potential Doctor Who American version. That's gone away by now. Good. I don't think we're ever going to have that as a potential. because Simply because the original is way too popular in the U.S. Um,
0: then it's like, you know, he travels around in a police box. What are you going to replace that with?
1: Yeah. That's no.
0: so uniquely British.
1: Now, the, 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 I, I would say that the threat of uh, us ever getting an American Doctor Who is pretty much dead, especially, again, because there's just way too much success of the British version.
0: Inspector Space Time.
1: We have, you know, I guess you could say Elementary is kind of doing the same thing for Sherlock, but Sherlock is a huge honking hit in America, so. Yeah. We've gone a long time without covering the movie that we're going to cover, and again, it's just cause we're getting all this stuff out of the way. But again, here's my point that I want to make, just to get to the central point so that we can get on to this awesome movie. We need to give these movies a shot. We need we don't need dubs, we don't need remakes. Just release these things. I am I'm, I'm really serious. Give these movies a release and give Americans a shot to see them. I think if they got the chance, they would enjoy them. I mean, again the thing that pretty much every time that i've mentioned that a movie had a fumbled release it's that they usually did find an audience on video on video people seem to be okay with it which is funny because i think video is a far more distracting medium than
0: it is yeah because uh uh at least in a theater you know it's it's designed so that all eyes are focused on the screen and uh yeah in in a home environment there's there's too many other distractions
1: So, yeah, no, I mean, I, which to be fair, I put my phone away when I'm watching TV, so. Oh, yeah. Uh, But anyway, Sony, please release The Mermaid. Uh, I would like to see it. Um, Me too. I'll definitely catch it on video. I'm I'm hearing it's good. But until then, let's look back at what happened when Sony gave one of Stephen Chow's movies a wide enough release that it actually managed to play in uh, Benton, Arkansas. Mm. That is that is a thing that happened. It played in Benton, Arkansas, because that's where I saw it. So uh, again, a little bit of backstory on the movie. Uh, Chow's first film, uh, Shaolin Soccer, was a huge hit, pretty much everywhere except the United States.
0: I didn't. I also did not know that was him.
1: Yeah, that was him. Oh yeah, that was <laughs> definitely him. Nice. Well, he starred in it too. So, um, although he's moved at this point mostly behind the camera, he doesn't do much uh, on screen work anymore. Yeah. The film was a huge hit. Everywhere except America. Why was it not a hit in America? Well, remember what I said about uh, Miramax fumbling uh, the release of Hero until they finally got it out? And in all fairness, it actually was a pretty big hit when it was released over here.
0: Also, thanks to uh, Quentin Tarantino's uh, push.
1: Yeah, Yeah, Tarantino. Although the problem was that's now led to so many people referring to it as a movie that he did when all he did was endorse it.
0: Yeah, no, he just, yeah.
1: So, no let's 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 be clear about uh but what happened was the Weinstein's they sat on this movie they they gave it a terrible trailer with that exposed a bad dub that was put on uh the print of uh Spy Kids 3D that I saw mm. i'm never forgiving uh my friend that dragged me to see that um <laughs> i they they fumbled the release of this movie apparently I've never seen it. I've heard it's quite good. Um, But it was... But again, in America, the release was fumbled. It eventually did limp out on, like, I think, a few screens. um, Enough that uh, it got some reviews. Um, And it... I think it was... I think uh, the Weinsteins finally threw up their hands on the dub, and I think it was released subtitled. It didn't do as well as it could have done, is the point. Yeah. Well... Because the film was a huge hit, Chow had enough sway to go to Sony and say, "Okay, I really want to do this movie. I want to do this big love letter to the films that he'd grown up watching." Mm -hmm. And they they gave him a fair release. I mean, he he said that it was apparently was a very trying production. You know, that it was because this was a very ambitious film, but it was a huge hit uh, internationally um huge 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 hit in China in fact it was even given a uh, re-release for its 10 year anniversary in uh, 3D oh nice you mean uh, uh kung fu hustle was yes oh yes, shit it was. <laughs> and this is a movie that probably looks amazing in 3D this is a movie that this is a movie that's on par with Jurassic Park in terms of i can look at it and see exactly why it would be in 3D did they
0: uh, have they released the 3D version over here yet
1: no, no. Ah, shit. <laughs> we don't. That's something we gotta talk about. A lot of movies get three three D releases in China that don't get them in the U S. Ah, a lot of movies. That's heartbreaking. I know. Um, I don't know what the quality of the conversions are, but a lot. If you want to know what's really keeping the three D boom alive, mm-hmm. it's that. Um, it's China. I will point. I will point out that for financial reasons, I did not see uh, Zootopia in three D. Okay. Yeah. I've heard I probably missed out though. I've heard it. I can tell that probably was very good in 3D. But
0: I think I'm gonna try to see it in 3D.
1: Yeah. Do do because uh, I, I mean, it's definitely pro. In terms of the quality of the film, it's definitely worth the, the maximum ticket that you can pay. You're gonna get your money's. But I mean, yeah. 3D. The 3D boom in China is huge. They release a lot of films. A lot of their homegrown films are in 3D. Hmm. Uh, I know the Mermaid is in 3D.
0: Nice.
1: So 3D is big over there. So yeah, it got a 10 year re-release, which is a strange thought. 10 years. Good Lord. I know. But yeah, so the film, as I said, the film, it was a huge hit in China and in the U S it didn't perform so hot. Let's, let's, let's call it what it is. It only did about 17 million in the United States, uh, which is not bad as foreign films go. That actually puts it in the top 10 of releases but it's not great it, it definitely did not do as well as it could have done uh, i think if this had been in english it would have probably done better i hate to say it but i give sony a lot of credit for the fact that they went on ahead and released its subtitle because to be perfectly blunt we've spent this whole cast talking about subtitles this is a movie that does not need them really even in the slightest this is nah.
0: <laughs> it's very visual
1: this is a very visual much of the deep very little of the plot is really laid out in subtitles. A lot of it is really laid out in action in visuals. You could probably do this as a silent film, you know with a l with a little bit of editing and reshooting. This could have been a silent film, and it would have played just exactly the same. yeah, the plot is superhumanly simple, so let's get that out of the way, yeah. Um, there is an evil gang in China, the Axe Gang, which is based on a real gang, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, so, and they are so named for obvious reasons. They are taking over, uh, the area. They find themselves going into this neighborhood that is occupied by a bunch of martial, uh, martial arts masters.
0: (laughs) Yes. That, oh, that, that's probably, that's one of the funniest scenes in the movie with, uh, those two thieves try to try to challenge them one by
1: one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. That's nice. The gang quickly finds that this is a little bit more of a challenge than they expected. Uh, There are three artists that we find out immediately um, are such, although they're now retired and living normal lives. Um, And then there's uh, two others, uh, a landlord and his wife who uh, retired after their uh, child died. Also coming into the mix is the ne- most necessary plot element of every one of these kinds of films, the eventual chosen one. Oh, yeah. A low-level crook and his uh, partner, uh, the crook is played by Stephen Chow, and they are, uh, they they want to join the gang. They want to get in with them. They want to be bad guys. Yeah.
0: And I have to say, I don't know, at least for my part, it doesn't really become apparent that he's, like, the main character until pretty late into the film. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's a very loosely structured film.
0: Yeah, I mean it's not it's not in a bad way or anything. No, I mean it's just yeah. it's it's a very slight film. Yeah, um, it's just how it's it's how it's laid out. It's interesting.
1: It is, and eventually we're going. Eventually, this character will rise up and uh, become the defender of this neighborhood. He will eventually defeat the gang. Um, th- this is these are all familiar beats. Eventually, he will turn from wanting to be evil to wanting to be good there's even the necessary makeover yeah when he just which the movie even comments on
0: <laughs> it's very spaghetti
1: western in that it's uh, very uh, a sp- <laughs> um, there's a lot of cues from that
0: yeah oh i i love that they take the uh the spaghetti western trope of uh you know the hero having to be beaten down uh before he can rise back up and, uh, like, has to, you know, he has to be beaten up and, uh, yeah. to his worst. It's like they take that to the extreme. Yes, they do. <laughs> yeah. They take it to
1: the absolute extreme in this movie, and it's great. Uh, um, it's
0: great. And he just, he's a full body cast, and then when it's time to rise up, he just breaks
1: out of it. <laughs> As I said, this is a very, very thin plotted movie. Um,. There is the inevitable love interest, um, a uh, girl that the uh, crook knew when he was uh, a kid and she's deaf, which is, there, there's there's a, there's a nice poignancy to that scene when uh, he finds her again and he's ashamed of who he was, of who he's become, because he'd initially tried to save her uh, from bullies and instead they beat him up and humiliated him. Yeah. Yeah, as I said, Plot is not this movie's strong suit. Let's talk about what is, which is the fight sequences, because I want to uh, pause to talk about something that annoys me about American parodies. Yeah. Usually with American parodies, they don't try to even remotely replicate the uh, the quality of the actual things that they're dealing with. Yeah.
0: That is a huge problem.
1: Yeah. Because you... it, it makes it hard to care about this.
0: It's like, if you want a good example uh, of a parody
1: that does try to replicate the quality is Walk Hard. Exactly. Because the music in it is legitimately good. I, you know, John, Re- John C. Riley can actually sing and actually has a really strong voice. And it's, it's, it's music that they hired real songwriters to do it. They knew that, it, that if the songs were implausible, that it wouldn't work. It's like, you know, it's it's kind of a parallel,
0: trying to make an argument and pointing out all these things, but not presenting a solution
1: to those. Mm, yeah. yeah. Otherwise, it's useless. This movie does it right, um, because the fight sequences in it are absolutely fantastic.
0: Ah, oh, they're so good.
1: They're, they're the th- reason to watch this movie. They're very much the reason that Chow made the movie. And why are they so good? Well, initially he hired uh, Sammo Hung, uh, was going to be his initial fight choreographer, but there was all kinds of differences there, and mm. they just they decided, okay, we're just, this is not going to work. Right. So when Hung dropped out, they found a replacement. And they didn't just find a replacement. He found the greatest fight choreographer in the world and hired him. Yes. Yuen Woping. Was brought in to do the to choreograph the fights. He's responsible for the fights in The Matrix. Oh yeah, he's, re- he's responsible for the fights in uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I mean, this is this is the guy. This is the guy you hire if you want your fights to be the absolute best. Yeah, it's I mean, this is the master choreographer. Oh, he did the fights on Kill Bill. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Let's keep going through. it. Let's keep going through his credentials here. Do, um, do, because uh, let's. see. Um, yeah, I really want to. I'm really want to make sure that we get this. Uh, that that we get the full understanding of his stuff. Um, Fearless. He did the martial. He was the action choreographer. Yeah, I guess action choreographer is something mean, that's a little bit separate here. I mean, it. The the guy. This is the guy. This is the one that you hire if you want all time great fight scenes, and he did the fights and he he was the choreographer on this movie, so what you wind up and to be fair, the fights in this movie are often quite silly, but they're also often quite amazing they um, are they are one of, they're some of the most creative fight sequences I've ever seen in any film They are very Chuck Jones, but at the same time. The blows are really good. Um, I don't know if it's, become, if it's clear from this cast, but I do love martial arts films. I, it's, it's breathtaking to watch. The fights are just, they're balletic, And there's a good reason for that. Um, a lot of guys that get, get their starts in, uh, st- that work in the martial arts movies, also have expertise in that world. Um, of, uh, you know, the Chinese opera is a big deal. And that's where a lot of the fight choreographers get their starts. Yeah, you know, seriously, Jackie Chan came up from that. Uh, Sammo Hung came up through that. Um, and, yeah, so, yeah, you th- this guy, this is, yeah, that was the smartest thing that Chow did on this movie was hiring this guy. I mean, God, the fights in this movie are insane. What's your favorite one? I've got to ask. My absolute favorite one, and I can tell you this off
0: the top of my head, I forgot what their name but the two the two assassins with the with the string instruments. Yes,
1: that's the one that I was going to say too. because yes. it is such a
0: it's so great. It's it's like it's almost a complex concept, but they per, but uh they explain it visually and it works so well. You know, because they're basically shooting airwaves at this, you know and uh cutting people down that way.
1: That's amazing. I mean, yeah. And, and It's gorgeously shot too.
0: My favorite imagery from that is the simple like the setup for that, which is, you know, when they're uh first introduced, they're trying to kill they're trying to kill a guy, but they're like kinda of tuning the instruments. So guy dun 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 boom setting out the first wave and then misses him and then you see like a leaf cut off of it. like the chat sh- it's like in shadow you see like a leaf cut off of a plant and then second one misses and uh i think hits a cat
1: i think so yeah
0: <laughs> if i remember right <sighs> the third one gets him it's like nicely done
1: it, it really it it is it's it's such a a a poetic and eerie scene and it's the choreography the timing on it is precision um yeah
0: my second favorite is the sparring match between the three uh the three masters of the town yes yeah before they before they have to leave
1: <laughs> because because it's done with such love you can you can feel the admiration and respect these men have for each other and you can tell that they're really it's inter- it's an interesting idea the idea of a fight as uh, a sign of respect and admiration, rather than just you know. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna beat you up. Exactly. It it, it speaks to how martial arts are viewed in that uh, culture. It's it's it, yeah, it's a great scene, and I mean, pretty much. I the the, the fights with the beast are great. Uh, that's one of the fun things about this movie is that you've got the. uh they inevitably there's always got to be the ultimate villain, the ultimate weapon. Mm-hmm. And in this movie, he's just this very unassuming middle-aged man.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He's just very polite, very, you know, eh, yeah. yeah. He, he He's not established as being any kind of a threat. And then you see that he is just an absolute nightmare when he fights. Uh, <laughs> there's uh, the actor that played that role. Obviously uh, a martial artist, uh, I had not worked in 15 years when he because I okay clearly I hit up the i the uh, Wikipedia page this morning is that clear yeah um, <laughs> he he was uh one of Chow's uh he was Chow's favorite growing up actually hmm. and nice. he'd been out of work for fif- 15 years he'd been in business instead and Chow enticed him to come back and do this and that was a good call uh because it's very funny you've got just this very nice very pleasant guy and then he. Goes to work and he's <laughs> destructive Yeah <laughs> I don't know, I mean, we can talk a lot about the fights This movie is hilarious
0: It is, it is And um, a lot of the hilarity comes in the fight scenes
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, because, because physics are physics have no role in reality in this movie I mean, yeah. obviously you've got the wuxia tropes of people, you know flying and you know jumping and impossible movements but you've also got characters that get he- that the, la- the
0: landlady that's basically uh that when she runs is basically the rover runner
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> that's really where you can see the looney tunes influence i mean yeah i haven't seen chow say that this movie was inspired by that stuff but i he know it has to be on some level at least that style because this movie it feels so, it's so silly. I mean, this is just such a silly movie. And I love that it's silly. I, I love that this movie, it embraces that it's a ridiculous movie. Um, I mean, it, but yeah, you've got the landlady who is such a great character who... Lungs of steel. Lungs of steel. <laughs> She's very much the shrewish harpy, uh, which is a trope I'm not so high on. But she's so well portrayed, you don't really care. Yeah. it's She's funny, and she she is shown to have a positive side to her. She is shown to have a decent caring side. Yeah. You can understand that the death of her child really did screw her up, and...
0: Yeah. Both her and her husband.
1: Yeah, of course, the husband, inevitably, because this is that kind of movie, has a wandering eye. You can almost bank on those scenes. Uh,
0: yeah, and it's, it's funny the way they're... Uh, kind of introduced it's like yeah they're always they're always fighting you know against each other and you see um like at one point like he i forgot whether she throws him out the window or he jumps out but he like he lands and then like a flower pot lands on his head yeah and uh it's one of those uh how could he survive that and the answer is because well they're both martial arts masters
1: Mm -hmm, exactly Exactly. You 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 could buy it then. I mean, right. you also you know of the three martial arts masters. You've got the one who's more predictable, the one who's more like the one you would expect. You've got the fat guy. Oh yeah. He's, he's his, his name is Donut. Come on.
0: <laughs> yes, it is.
1: Uh, and you've got the gay one. Oh yeah, that's right. I don't particularly like that. I'm going to have to name what the gay one's name is. Yeah. I fear he was named fairy, <sighs> oh boy, okay, I'm not exactly going to be giving this movie a pass on the fact that uh it's uh, it's got some pretty it's got some pretty damn dated views to just be perfectly blunt uh yeah, I understand that that's kind of the kind of the type of movie it was making, and uh Chow actually tends towards uh, progressivism in his movies. Uh, I know that the Mermaid is very much an environmentalist film maybe didn't have to maybe didn't have to bring that part of the homage back i mean he's still a respected figure yeah he's still everybody in town still respects and admires him and while he is effeminate it's more that he's kind of a bashful quiet guy yeah he's not i mean he's not really mocked so much for the being gay thing it's yeah it's just i wish i wish i wish I wish this movie hadn't gone there,
0: yeah, just just you know, tone down some of the some of those tropes there, yeah. yeah,
1: it's like I mean again, yeah, there's progressivism just in the fact that uh you've got the deaf girl, I mean, yeah, I don't know,
0: yeah, he's saying there he's uh 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 yelling things at her just in frustration, and then she starts she starts signing to him, and it's like, oh
1: yeah, it's oh. it's really poignant, yeah, um, yeah. I, but but I mean these are these are small things because this is not a movie that you're really meant to sit there and go okay I need to study the socio political elements of this movie right this is an idiot movie this is a movie that you throw on at a party which I have seen done <laughs> I've watched it with a group of friends it's a movie that you sit back you have a couple of beers and you watch it with friends oh yeah and it's good that way it's it's very good that way um. Uh, I don't know, as I said, it's a simple film. It doesn't have tremendous depth. One small thing that I like is that I like that the Beast isn't killed at the end. Like, there's no violent disembowelment of him.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I mean, the movie is rated R, and it did deserve it because it does get kind of graphic in places. But I, I like that at the end, the Beast's response, rather than being uh dist- you know rather than being violently disembowelled because where's the fun in that he's instead humbled and he's like teach me
0: yeah exactly yeah and that's that's something that um i like about uh eastern movies a lot more is that they are like this is especially prevalent in like the works of uh miyazaki you know the good and evil dynamic is more blurred And often the villain can be turned over to the good side
1: Yeah, I like that I like there's a little more flexibility in the morality Because I kind of think it's We're we're not teaching our kids the greatest messages here Um, It occurs to me that's something that George Lucas really did take From his uh, obsessive studies of uh, Eastern films Mm -hmm. Yeah Because he brings that over to uh, his films Yeah
0: yeah i that's one of the things i like and that's certainly one of the things i like here
1: it's it it's nice i i mean yeah as i said this movie's rated r and it definitely deserved it i i can't help but feel like that might have also been something that hurt it at the box office maybe even more than the subtitles was the fact that it was rated r and uh, this movie probably is this movie's probably I wouldn't hesitate to show this to a 13 year old, is what it comes down to. I I wouldn't hesitate. This is. What year did this movie come out again? 2005. It was released in January 2005.
0: Okay, so I was 19, so. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was in college. I was in college. This was one I watched in college. Um, Same. It's. I don't know. This is is a good one. I mean, it's just. As I said, it's not a deep movie, but. I love that it is this silly, and I'll be honest, I prefer this to just about any uh, American equivalent that I can think of. Um, Yeah. I also will say this, I prefer that, you know, certainly Asia is not lacking in its gun-heavy movies. It's not lacking in those, let's be clear, it's actually quite heavy, but I do like that, uh, you know... The, the problem that we have is that Ameri- you can't do an American equivalent of this because we don't have people who are trained in this material. This is true. This is such a specific skill, and we don't have Americans who are trained in it. You you don't have Americans who can move. I don't know, I mean, it's funny you think about that, how American actors, they don't they don't tend to be very much hyphenates, do they? Um, to the point that when you see one who is uh, capable of more, doing more than just standing there and looking good, it, it is kind of interesting. Uh I think about Magic Mike XXL, which is kind of a strange movie, in that, okay, it's a movie about dancers, and most of the guys in the movie aren't that capable as dancers.
0: <laughs>
1: and I love that movie, to be clear, but most of the actors in it are not the most capable of dancers, except for, then you'll stop it, except for Channing Tatum, who is ridiculously good.
0: Yeah, which, by the way, I think it's on Showtime, so I have access to it.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's well worth your time. It's well, yeah, it'd be on HBO. Cause, HBO. So.
0: Well, there you go. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's well worth your time. It's, it's a good movie. I, as I said, this is, I, I warned you all at the start this was not a movie that I was going to have a lot to say about, but that's fine. This isn't a movie that you're going to have a lot to say about. And I really wanted to use this mostly as a chance to talk about foreign films, but this is a good one. And it's certainly one that most of y'all have seen. I'm going to be honest. I, this is another one of those casts where, we're not counting on you. Oh, one one thing that I did want to make sure to talk about was the use of color in this movie. Mm, yeah. Okay, there's something that American films have got to pick up on, which is the use of color uh, in Eastern cinema is absolutely spectacular. It's,
0: yeah, it's stunning. Yeah, um, there's unfortunately a trend, it's called color grading, where... If you look at movies like Transformers, you look at... I think Jurassic World also has this. There's almost like a blue tint to the whole thing. Yeah. it's
1: It looks digital and it looks like shit. Yeah. Admittedly, we've talked with someone about working with a colorist, so we, we know a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, true. You know, do, do something great with your colors. That's what the frame is for. That's what cinematographers are for. That's what... You know, and also uh, there's a trend of... Um, yeah, you, know, you see a lot of movie posters. I think, uh, I will admit, over the past few years, uh, this problem has kind of gone away a bit. Uh, but movie posters, you'll see, what is it, orange and teal.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, orange and teal are big.
0: Yeah, orange and teal, because, you know, um, you have to have contrast, and that's just the most basic contrast you can have to human skin.
1: It's... It's getting really grating. Uh, you know, I saw the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 trailer uh, in theaters yesterday. And while that film still actually looks quite good, I'm actually looking forward to that. That looks like a lot of fun. Boy, there are words I'm definitely going to eat. Ugh. I know it's not actually going to be, but man, it's got Bebop and Rocksteady in it. And Krang! Krang! Oh my God. Krang. And what little we've seen of him, he looks awesome. Mm-hmm. He's got the robot body, I am I'm sorry, I, I can't not get excited about this movie. I know. But, you know, that movie has, I noticed, it's got that, it's got, that's what I'm thinking of when I'm thinking of really bad color grading. Yeah, it's got that, it's got that sheen to it. Let's call it what it is. It's the Michael Bay effect, because even when he's just producing, that still shows up in films. Mm-hmm. It's bad. It's ugly. I don't like it. No, 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 no. no. Can we just, can we just, like, quit it? I just, seriously, quit Quit this
0: put some put some
1: goddamn color in your films <laughs> that's why i appreciate cinematographers that know what they're doing um this is of course what roger deakins is legendary for um, robert richardson is really good at it
0: if you want another good example of a recent film that uses its color really well uh mad max
1: for god's sake ah, superb use yeah superb use lots of oranges i mean okay there's are using orange but using it well everything is so saturated and vibrant and alive y'all just need to have seen that if you haven't seen it okay yeah you know but uh i'll tell you the, uh, a cinematographer that does really great work with this is the uh um, he goes by peter An- uh peter andrews or it's i think yeah peter andrews is what he goes by mm-hmm. uh steven soderbergh is oh, yeah yeah, as a cinematographer, Soderbergh knows exactly what to do with color. He has tremendous eye for it. He did something great with Traffic, which was he used, to differentiate be- between the three main uh, story threads in the film, mm-hmm. he used blue, and, like, he used, okay, one was a very sepia-toned story, one was a very cold-toned story, and one of them was very much your Hollywood story. So, yeah, uh, Nice. I love that movie.
0: I I have a cinematography story, uh uh, about him. Uh I forgot what film it was. It might have been Ocean's Eleven. I know it involved George Clooney. It's either Ocean's Eleven or out of sight. Uh there's a scene where he's walking down the street and suddenly the camera catches a lens flare. I think his, his cinematographer is like signaling for them to like put up a flag so that they can you know cut out and then server says no 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 let it go yeah yeah it looks interesting
1: yeah i, I like that I, I like that that's that's a good approach um this getting back to this movie specifically i really do like that there is very vibrant use of color uh even the night scenes are very they have a great look to them they have a great feel this is a good looking movie uh chow is a really gifted director he's got a good eye he's he's got strong shot composition he knows what he's doing um again this is one that looked great on the big screen looked great there oh, i uh, imagine <laughs> yeah i'm guessing you didn't get to go see it
0: no i saw it on
1: i caught it on video unfortunately by the way there is an english language dub of it if you yeah. if you're wondering if you should watch it you have not been listening to the cast clearly yeah. so yeah Let's leave it at that. I um, was gonna say, but no, this is one that looks—it uh, looks good on the big screen. Uh, there was only one other person in the theater when I went to see it. That, oh, yeah, that stinks. But oh well, I've been—I've been in theaters where there was less. Yeah, I I've been to i have been in a number of theaters where it was just me. So <laughs> this is one that, but this is one that again. I'm trusting that most of y'all have seen it. I believe it's still on Netflix.
0: It is, yeah. Along with his other film, uh, one of his other films, Kino Comedy.
1: Yeah. This is well worth your time. I mean, if you haven't seen it, this is just a great idiot movie. This is just a great throw-it-on-have-fun movie. This is just... This is good. This is a fun movie. And it's one that I really enjoyed. That's um, just really... There's nothing much more to be said about it, so...
0: Yeah, it's just... It's just a blast. Throw it on when you want to have your the fun centers in your brain tickled.
1: Yeah. Dope. 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 Uh, we're going to be covering a fun movie. Uh, we're going to be watching Dope. Yeah. We're going to be watching the 2015 Sundance hit Dope. Why? Because it actually is one that I've been meaning to see and this is our excuse to cover it because we can and netflix says i would give it 4.8 stars yeah netflix uh, i think it's this is the, this is one that uh, we've heard a lot of good about we've heard it's a lot of fun uh we've heard a lot of good things about it and we're looking to watch something a little bit different we're looking to watch something a little bit different for us yeah so we're we're gonna be we're gonna be shifting gears and that's gonna be what we're gonna be covering next and dope will be what we will be covering next. Yeah, that's 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 one that I've heard a lot of good about. It's a good cast. I've heard it's a lot of fun. So that's what's next for us. Yeah, you can find us at our blog at uh,
0: and the source of the cast at Uh You can subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us a review. Uh, rate us. Uh, that's how we get found. It's very important that you do so. Tell us we're awesome. Yeah, please. <laughs> You can find us on our Twitters. Austin is at Untitled User. I am at P R D, And you can find us on our Facebook. We are facebook.com slash The Film Room. Uh, since the last time I recorded, I've looked at the light counter, and we're up to about 650. The Film Room lobbied at com. God's not dead, too. If we hit our $30 website mark, that's, that's a bonus cast that we're going to do for y'all. And yeah. we're going to drag Thomas back into it. Yeah, just do it, y'all. Yeah, just, just, yeah, help support us. Yeah, the, if we get the website, uh, we will, this blurb will be shorter. <laughs> if we get this website,
1: this will be done.
0: Yeah, it'll all be under, it'll all be under one, yeah, the film room lobby, the blog, it'll all be under one roof. It'll be great. So yeah, you can you can support us there at patreon.com slash the room, and of course we'd like to thank our ever continuing patrons. Uh thank you Daisy, thank you Nathan, thank you, Bridget, thank you Sheila, uh thank you Sean from No Totally. We love we love y'all. We love you guys. Thank you for your continual support. Your dollars mean a lot to us. We have put in, we have put that money to some really good use as well as you know keeping keeping the cast on and uh without limited space. So yeah. Um till next time. Till next time. Later.